yeah, so there's like a lot of ways we could we can get into it if we're ready to go. Anyone need to get a drink or use the bathroom or anything like that? No, no, I'm good. I'm worried I'll go over there and then I'll come back and you guys will be different people and I go by different names. Then I'll be confused. I won't have any idea what's going on. And the whole podcast will be ruined. <laughs> hey, podcast girl, time to wake up. And then we start, start going. Um, you just pretend we're all doing like the jitterbug in front of a green screen. <laughs> uh, However, however you choose. Okay, I was convinced start. I was watching the wrong movie at that point. <laughs> that is so funny to me. So we'll, I mean, we'll it's get into this, too. but like I, you were what, like a half hour in when you texted me, like, I think I've downloaded some kind of horribly corrupted <laughs> file. He kept saying that and I was like, Greg, that doesn't make any sense. That makes me think you weren't entirely focused on the vibe of the film. <laughs> Well, at first, like the- not not that you're wrong with that. Like you have that weird, like if I'm watching a movie in a theater and I know that the projector's off, I'll be like so hyper focused on that that I won't be paying attention to the movie. Well, I only kind of thought, and I was like, maybe the movie's just weird. And then after like a half hour, and I still had no idea what was going on. I was like, maybe I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I still though I don't understand the the dancing at the beginning. But Greg was convinced that it was like added in, like. <laughs> Like somebody like messed with the the file and like added that scene in. I was like, Greg, that makes no sense. You're why would know, I know. somebody Middle do this? school LimeWire yeah. flashbacks yeah. to like. Yeah. But like, why would somebody put that in? It's like weirdly ripped from a radio broadcast, and you hear like some DJ from Tucson introducing yes. the song on your MP3. Player. I was so confused. <laughs> well, it's not quite that. <laughs> it's okay. I was only confused for two and a half hours. Oh, it's great, though. We'll get into it. I'm really excited to talk about this one. But as you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast. So we'll either do some fun bits, talk about some of our favorite parts. <laughs> if uh, maybe, yeah, you're, you're only saying that because you loved it all, right? Well, we'll get into that. I'm not yeah. even done with the intro yet. You're right. Yeah. Um, or it'll be something along the lines of Welcome to Late to the Movies. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots each week. We'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have woken up by now this week. The movie number eight on the most recent sight and sound poll determining the greatest films of all time. Mulholland Drive, David Lynch's 2001 opus. Maybe it's probably my favorite Lynch film, but we'll get into all that before Though, I should introduce my guests this week. Left to right across your podcast now, we got Ray. Hi. We got Greg. Hey. Hey. Uh, as always, you, know, you guys been watching anything fun recently? What's up? What's been going on? We actually saw a movie separately. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we saw Avatar, Way of Water. It was good. <laughs> yeah. It was like the first movie I saw in theaters in a long, long time. Yeah, you were telling me. You thought it was since uh, No Way Home? I think it was since No Way Home. So it was nice. It was uh, it was really enjoyable. I didn't really love the first Avatar, uh, and I thought this one was a lot better. So I was pretty happy with it. Um, I'll be honest, I only saw it because I was like, oh, this is going to get nominated for something, and I want to watch it beforehand. And I was like, if I don't go see it now in theaters, I'll have to go like find it on some streaming thing and watch it on my TV, and it won't be as good. But yeah, it was really yeah. cool. That's, that's probably the right... Uh the right thought it is fun to see i don't know if it'll still be in imax in march it'll be in theaters for sure just could just do to a lack of really much else as soon as i got home i told ray because i saw it before her i didn't want to spoil anything but i was like this one's real cool like the creatures and like the machines and all the stuff they designed for this 
real cool. I don't know who thought of it, but it's it's real real cool. I like it a lot. And then she went to see it, and she came home. And as soon as she came home, like one of the first things she said was, "You really like the little crab boats, didn't you?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, crab boats. Are I dope. knew immediately. <laughs> I love it. Is it's like a, such a James Cameron thing that the technology of the evil guys is super cool. Um, <laughs> That's just like always the case, but um, I, I love that there's when the first time you see the crab boats and they're getting ready to uh, the f- when they're trying to kill the the mom whale and the calf, and there's one crab that goes but that like sidesteps by the camera and does like a stereotypical like you know <laughs> pounding a fist into a hand thing yeah. like ah uh, I'm evil about to kick some ass. <laughs> and it's like you're a robot crab. It's so funny that that's emotion that you would do at this point but it doesn't matter it's about you know it's entertaining as hell so yeah what did you think of it ray um, besides just the obvious note that greg loves the crab yeah um i think it it probably was better than the first one the first one i really disliked the plot i thought it was like super cliche this one was still cliche but less so i think so i don't know the visuals was was really um fun to watch so i'm glad that i wanted to go see that in theaters just for that um, yeah, the underwater stuff was all cool. I feel like I started getting that claustrophobic's not the right word, but whatever the thing of like fear of drowning is basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel like that means that you did it right. If I'm like worried that I'm actually underwater and kind of freaking out about it. Um, yeah, I like the plot of this one a lot more. Yeah, it was- I, I do too. It's just, it's just like this one's so hyper-focused on, it's not like the main thing that the humans as a whole are trying to accomplish taking out Jake Sully. It's more like, well, we have this kind of like horrible Marine revenant nine foot tall guy. And he really wants to go kill Jake Sully and that would help us. So we're going to let him loose. We're building a city here. I suppose we'll see that city in the next one. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I liked, (laughs) I felt like it was a lot more about the individual characters than Mm -hmm. like, yes, you know, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what, um, but what I was just saying that just to mean like it was personal this time. Yes, it wasn't it was. just like a sort of, you know, the unobtainium thing that everyone made fun of. Last yes. Time. Instead, that was kind of more in the background because it is that one scene where they're just like, we're going to live here. Like yep. this is going to be the new earth. And then they never come back to that. You're just like, oh, okay. And that's just like a background thing. And then obviously two hours in, they're like, also, whale brains make you live forever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like two hours into a movie. What a fun idea to introduce. <laughs> That we've discovered immortality and it's whale oil based. That's what I was a little annoyed with. Like, I'm like, really? The bad guys are hunting whales. Like the first one, they were cutting down the trees. This one, they're they're yeah. hunting the whales. Like all things that are clearly very bad. Um, so I was kind of rolling my eyes through that until they were like, yeah, and this juice makes you live forever. And I was like, oh, wait, what? I'm on board. <laughs> Back yeah. up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think whale hunters get a bad rap? Is that the problem? You think this this is unfair to whale hunters? No, yes. no. I, <laughs> the next, no, it's just like it's just very clearly bad, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like, oh, we're you know the villains are hunting whales, you know the villains are cutting down the trees. And the next one, the villains, the humans, they're gonna try to make money by selling um, cigarettes to underage Navi children. <laughs> yeah, and Ray's gonna be like, oh, this again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Oh, we watched Wednesday too. Oh, nice. That yeah. was good. I liked that one a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't see it yet, but people are like, "Oh, it wasn't what I thought it was." 
Because yeah. it ends up being like yeah. kind of like a mystery or something. It was. It yeah, was. it was a mystery. And that's not what I expected. I want to yeah. watch it. I just haven't. Yeah. And I, I feel know. like it's it was a well-done mystery, too. Yeah. You just reminded me it's a long weekend. Maybe I will now. You should. It's worth. Yeah. So it wasn't super predictable. Yeah. I mean, they like kept a lot of things open through the the whole thing. I felt like they gave you enough information where you could kind of start figuring things out, but like, I don't know. They gave you like a few possible threads that it could possibly be and you had to try to figure out which one you wanted to yeah. follow, I think. Yeah. Okay. Rather than like just kind of pointing you down in one direction the whole time, so. Yeah, or like just giving you a bunch of random clues. It was like, here's like your possibilities, kind of. What do you think? Yeah. So I like that. So that, yeah. was, that was good, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. I've been, I've been watching movies, man. I've just been watching them. It's been horrible. No, I'm kidding. Um, I have been watching a lot of movies. Specifically for this episode, I watched a few movies this week. Um, but I'll talk about those when we get into the actual movie discussion. Aside from that, I watched a movie this week that came out, um, I think, early last year. It's tough. With It's a very small movie, so I think it played at some festivals in like 2021, but it's technically a 2022 movie. And mm-hmm. as people being critics and publications release their like best of the year lists. I'm, you know, trying to find some stuff that seems interesting to fill in some of the blanks. And this was one of them. It's called we're all going to the world's fair. It's a movie, mostly probably like 80, 90% told in webcam based YouTube videos, Hmm. um, about a girl who's engaged in like a creepy pasta ARG game and sort of like the videos that she makes while she's playing the game. And, Mm. um, the main person in it is a teen. I think her name's Anna Cobb, who I think it's like her debut movie and it's, whoa, um, she's pretty fantastic in it. And the director, it's their debut feature, Jane Showbrun, I want to say. And all this to say, it, it looks like it was made for like under a few hundred dollars. <laughs> and the actor's next movie is Bones and All, which is already out, which is a Timothy Chalamet movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the director's next movie is going to be an A24 one. So they both like, wow. So the right people saw this movie for both of them. Hmm. Um, so I was interested to check it out. And yeah, it's really cool. It's labeled as a horror, but it's, it's just not. Um, it is really cool though. It is pretty unsettling at times. And it's kind of about sort of like the bad stuff that can happen to people on the internet. I don't know. It's, Hmm. there's not a lot to it. So I really don't want to spoil any part of it, but you know, Google it. Maybe that'll give read a summary and see if you want to check it out. Um, um, I think the whole thing's like 80 minutes, so good for that, too. That is always nice. Uh, at the end of this episode, just a little programming note, we'll we'll do some talking about the Oscars as it is now after the Golden Globes. There's some other precursors happening now or announcing their nominees now. This episode's coming out the day before the nominees will, so we'll know right away whether or not we're right or not. Um, so we'll talk about some things that might get nominated for best picture at the end of this episode. And if I'm feeling ambitious, maybe I'll put in a timestamp in the description on your podcatcher app. Um, but we're going to talk about Mulholland drive first, unless there's anything else we want to get to before that. No, I'm ready to drive. Let's do it. All right. So, um, as always our disclosure, uh, form, we got to fill out first. I've seen this movie before and I love it so much. Um, it's one of those movies that I feel like is like really personal to me. And uh, it's like a real reflection of how other people feel about me if they don't like it, I think. So Greg, what, what, how about you? So yeah, this is the first time <laughs> I've seen this movie. Um, 
yeah. So I know it was like top eight best. I'd probably put in like my top eight least favorite movies I've ever seen, maybe. Okay. I, All right. Understand. I really disliked this movie on like a, a whole nother level, I feel like. Yeah. You're, bra- you're breaking my heart. Ray, how about you? I liked it, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I went into it and I had absolutely no idea what to expect. I knew nothing, nothing about it. I could not guess what this movie was going to be about. Yeah. And uh, most of the way through, I still could not guess what the movie was going to be about. Um, but Fair I th- enough. But I think I really liked it. Good. Okay, I went into this movie. We outnumber you, Greg. With yeah. high expectations. That's I, I'm why not I kind of hoped that Robbie would be here, too, because I wanted... I went into this movie and I was, I told Ray because Ray was like, what is this about? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think it's going to be like one of those Oscar movies that we go into and we know nothing about. And then we're just like blown away. And we're like, wow, I can't believe this is a movie that I've never heard of before. It's so good. And that's how I went into this movie. And then by like an hour into this movie, I was like, I, I, is this, when is this thing going to (laughs) end? No, I didn't feel that way. Well, okay. You lose. No, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, and it's real talk. This is one of my favorite movies. Probably one of my top couple favorite movies. So I was really excited to talk about it today. Before we get into context and plot details and actors and casting and all that, uh, who wants to give a one minute plot summary? <laughs> not me. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> it's all not right. gonna be good. Whenever you're ready. Okay, so our movie starts. This lady is driving down Mulholland Drive, and then her limo driver tries to shoot her. She the a car crashes into their car, and she runs off into the woods with her concussion. She wanders into somebody's house and falls asleep. Someone shows up at the house and thinks that she's a guest, and then they become friends as they try to figure out what happened to this lady. At the same time, lots of other stuff is happening. There's a director getting shaken down by the mob or something to hire a certain actress. There's some guy at a restaurant who's having nightmares. There's um, like just a whole bunch of other things going on. Uh, they kind of try to figure out who this lady is. They think she knows someone named Diane. And then um, they go to like a bar that's makes them sad. And then <laughs> it turns out that they're not who they think they are. And- 10 seconds. One of them ends up being the waitress or something in the restaurant. (laughs) And then um, one of them is the lady, the mob wants to be hired, but they weren't these people before. And then one of them hires a hitman who was er in the movie earlier shooting people to kill the other person. And they've also had sex a couple times. And then um, the movie just, oh, and then tiny old grandparents chase the lady and she shoots herself in the face. (laughs) <laughs> is that pretty good uh, you didn't mention the the uh the homeless person but that's you know you got most of it in there um <laughs> i do want to try and keep the focus for the most part on you guys not having seen it before what was like your experience of watching it before we get into necessarily like commonly recognized interpretations and stuff like that sure so um Right off the bat with this movie, obviously it starts off uh, and you're very much blind because this lady's just about to get murdered in her like limo and she happens to get lucky and escape. Um, Shortly after that, you start seeing like, that's when it starts cutting to these other groups of people doing things. And as soon as that happened, I was kind of vibing with it, honestly, because I was like, oh, it's going to be like a mystery. All these things, there's going to be like some big payout. They're all going to be linked. Like, 
all these things are happening there at the same time. And I was like, oh, trying to place where things are happening because we do jump between a few different people. Um, and then I think at some point I was just like, these things aren't aren't going to be very related <laughs> or like not relating in a way I thought. And I was like, maybe this isn't a mystery. And I think that's kind of when things started to fall apart. <laughs> Is it similar, but... More fun for you, maybe. It, it was more fun. I was, I was enjoying the ride because I was confused the whole time, and I feel like I'm so I, confused. I feel like I enjoy that a little bit because um, I was trying to piece it together. It just wasn't coming together, and I like when movies don't really just hand me something. You know, I like trying to puzzle it out. I thought it was going to be like I think like what Greg said. Like, um, what was that movie? Was it Crash? Where like all the things come together in the end? Uh, I think. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There's a movie where you like see all these people's different stories, and then at the by the time that you reach oh, the love end, actually, no, that's okay. <laughs> I I thought that they were all gonna like you know come together at the end, and it was gonna they you know show do, how I it was guess. all related. And uh, that's not that's not how it was. And then Except for the guy having the nightmare, he's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Once once I figured out that it was supposed to be a, a dream, like. I don't know. I feel like I want to watch it again. Interesting. Um, okay. Is it a dream? I didn't think it was a dream. Um, we, Greg and I didn't really talk about it much. <laughs> That's so. fine. Save, save it for the pod. Yeah. That's what we always say. Yeah. Um, so before we get it too far into interpretation, uh, David Lynch is pretty... Who directed this movie? I don't know if we've said yet. <laughs> David Lynch. Uh, who directed this movie is famously resistant to ever really explaining himself. And uh, if you look up any time that he's been asked to do so for any of his movies, he usually says something or a variation on, like, the film is the talking. Once you put out a movie, everyone wants you to talk about it, but the movie is the thing that was the talking, and now it's over. Um, So he hasn't necessarily, he doesn't, you know, give a masterclass and go point by point and say what is what. But notably, um, one thing that you left out of your one minute plot summary is that the movie starts with people being badly green screened, doing like a jitterbug thing. And you see a sort of in the spotlight, but kind of hazy image of uh, Naomi Watts with the two old people. And then you see, you hear like a snort and see a point of view of somebody passing out onto a pillow, um, a red pillow and red bed sheets. And there's like a green blanket, which you also see a red pillow, and red bed sheets and a green blanket later in the movie, a couple times. Do you remember when? <laughs> nope. Okay. I, I know when, but I, when? I read about it a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> so uh, another thing that David Lynch says is that um, people like might leave a movie and say like, Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, but I don't know what I thought at all, but that if they went with like other people, they'll go to like, you know, the corner shop and talk about it. And the second person will say, Oh, well I thought this happened. And then the first person will be like, Oh no, that's not what happened at all. So they actually did know what they thought about it. And it might be mean something different to every person, but they intuitively know what it means to them. Even if they can't really like say it, like it would be like describing a song to someone mm-hmm. that hasn't heard it. Those are some of the things he said. Anyway, the common interpretation is that the first two thirds of it are uh, Diane's dream. And then when the cowboy says, you know, hey, pretty girl, time to wake up. The rest of that's the actual reality. 
And even within that last third, there's a couple flashbacks. Hmm. So that's the very basic <laughs> kind of interpretation. <laughs> Forgot about the cowboy. <laughs> the cowboy is fantastic. <laughs> the cowboy, I was trying to, I don't know. What is the cowboy supposed to represent? Because at first I was like, oh, this guy is either the devil or he's death or I know I, there's a few people who could be the devil. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't figure. You're it like out. the cowboy might be the devil, but then you get that that magician guy yelling "No, I banda." Mm-hmm. Like that guy's giving off some real devil vibes too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you like what I think, and I'm you know, there's no right answer because there can't be. Um. So that might not be as satisfying, but yeah, I guess this is a good time to sort of step in and be like, if you haven't seen this movie, you should go watch it uh, and then come back and it'll be a more interesting discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So Diane, who is the actual Naomi Watts person that you see for the last third of the movie, Diane Selwyn. um, Mm -hmm. Who's Betty in the beginning. Yep. She is a seemingly not that successful actress who moved to LA after winning some sort of local jitterbug contest and, you know, went to LA afterwards to become a star and it didn't really work out. And so she has this guilt ridden nightmare dream where basically everything that's gone wrong in her life isn't her fault. Um, She hasn't got any good parts because the Betty version of her in the dream never actually could have won that starring role because there's some shadowy cabal of uh, Hollywood conspiracy organization that is making it. So Camilla has to get this role. And uh, it was, it wasn't that she lost the role. It's that there was never possible for her to get the role basically. Mm. Um, and a bunch of other stuff is happening too, but that's like, so the cowboy is just part of like the shad- the weird shadowy conspiracy to keep her out of getting the lead role in the Sylvia North story. Yeah. Hmm. To answer that qu- specific question. <laughs> but him and the Castellane brothers or whatever. <laughs> um, the, the Italian guys who are really mad in the boardroom. Yes. That keep- scene was so weird. Scene's fantastic. <clears throat> um, Dan Hadaya, who I think is he's the dad in Clueless, is one of the guys who talks more, but the one who has the espresso and then just keeps saying, "This is the girl," is Angelo Badalamenti, who is the composer of the score of this movie as well, hmm. including a lot of other scores for David Lynch movies. Um, he just died. R.I.P. Shout out Angelo. Oh. That's that's why I mentioned. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know if it's that interesting if I just sort of say like, here's what I think happened. So yeah, if there's I'll, anything I'll be else- honest. I didn't even like consider that it was a dream just because like, I don't know. I just, uh, that's just not what I was expecting out of the movie. I think is part of it. Like I was just so, I don't know. I wasn't even fixed on anything in particular. Like I said in the beginning, I really was just long for the ride. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was digging that Adam, the director was just carrying around a golf club the whole time for no reason and smashing cars. I was like, this is cool. And then he was covered in pink paint for the rest of the movie. I was like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Although the, the whole love story, I guess, between 
Diane and Camilla or Betty and Rita mm-hmm. also was so weird and just out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So Betty and Rita are like, maybe this is all, you know, just an implied, an implied allegedly under anything that we say on this really. Um, but they could be two different parts of Diane's psyche. Um, and a lot of the movie is just the theme of like getting a do over repetition, trying to get it right this time. So Betty is the version of her that came to Hollywood and actually did a good job. And Rita is the version that's just like a clean slate. And maybe she hates herself so much that she'd rather just be no one and forget everything than be herself. Um, so, and then the the one that I always sort of am more, uh, I guess, aligned with is that Rita represents a version of Camilla that depends entirely on Diane, mm. Betty, um, as opposed to in real life, Camilla left Diane slash Betty mm-hmm. and then humiliated her at like a terrible dinner party. Yes. Um <laughs> No, which I, which started the spiral that led to Diane hiring a hitman to kill Camilla and then have all these regrets. Two things. Betty can't be the successful version of her because she lets someone with a concussion take a nap. Plain and simple. <laughs> she tells her not to, and then she's just like, well, okay. yeah, she, you know it, your own body. It wasn't ignorance. She's like, you shouldn't take a nap if you have a concussion, and she just let her do it anyway. Uh, and two, Rita's pretty <laughs> insistent. Hmm. The scene with the hitman was really good. <laughs> so, yeah, she also, she's looking for ways that it's not her fault that this happened and for ways to do her life over and maybe things will work out different this time. Like, maybe the hitman I hired is really bad at his job. <laughs> and so the dream version of the hitman is incompetent and is shooting shooting random people in the butt. <laughs> she shot so many people. I think that was one of the things that threw me off too because like this has to come back because he shoots all the people, he steals the black book and then he comes back one more time where he's like asking questions where he, it's kind of made it seem like he was trying to find Rita. Yeah. Um, And then he does not come back until Diane hires him. Mm-hmm. And he, I did notice when she hires him he has the black book which I thought was kind of interesting. But... Yeah. I kept expecting to, because they go to that diner a couple times to see the other two guys at the diner, but they I don't think they are ever there. She sees Dan at the diner. Which one is Dan? Dan's the one that like has the heart attack in the first Winkies scene. Oh, does see I was looking for him. I didn't yeah, notice I think, him. Was he standing at the counter? He was standing at the counter when oh. Diane sees him there. And but I think that what? was it. And then she did to me, it's just like she sees a person in that diner and then in like the nightmare that she has about the diner, she's just like projecting like there's a guy that I saw there mm-hmm. and his name's Dan because Dan sounds like Diane. <laughs> and so it through Dan, she's confronting like her biggest fear, which is herself in the dumpster. Was that her? Maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how she sees herself maybe as like this horrible like lowest form of humanity kind of thing 
Oh, homeless, or not. homeless people are not lowest form of humanity. They're just down on their luck, man. Wow. Well, you find out later that that's just a normal homeless person that's just kind of dirty. But <laughs> but it's originally presented as this horrific sight. It is, yeah. And she, she kills that guy. Notably, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. Notably, the the homeless person there, the bum, I believe they're credited as, is is the, played by a woman, um, which most people don't pick up on because they flash across the screen real quick. And, and it's uh, I don't know. Did, were you? What, did that do anything for you? That's like one of my favorite jump scares in movies. And this is yeah, this isn't even a horror movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I jumped, but I was like, not expecting it. Yeah. Is that when you texted me like, none of this has been, <laughs> no. nothing that's happened so far has featured a character from a previous scene. <laughs> it was a little later, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They've introduced fifty characters. Yeah. None of them have come back yet. Um, is this just a bunch of short stories <laughs> but like really short and without conclusion or well I guess Dan's dead so that's a conclusion, conclusion yeah um, yeah no I love that that's and it's not even really a horror movie it's more thriller or psychological thriller but that's maybe like my favorite jump scare it's right up there with the defibrillator one from the thing for me mm. wow favorite jump scares in movies yeah I think I was also upset that Betty just kept being like, yeah, we found you and you had a concussion. I let you sleep it off. And now like we're going on an adventure. <laughs> and I'm like, lady, please call the police. <laughs> Get this lady medical. Then she's like, let's break in this window. I'm like, what is this lady doing? <laughs> yeah, it's um. Th- there's definitely stuff. You- so so the issue is like, you know, I don't want to just be like, and here's what happens next. And here's what you missed and stuff. Cause there's definitely things that you would pick up on if you watched it again. Yeah. That's um, why I, I sure feel like I want to watch it. Again. I don't know if you would though. Cause you really didn't like, I wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the problem. Yeah. But it's okay. <laughs> but I'm sure this stuff I was thinking, even I was, I was like, Oh, I bet yeah. you could be more if I watched this again. Cause like you're picking up on like who lives where and like what color their walls are, I guess. And that it's, you know, when they find Diane Selwyn's dead body, it's on the bed that you see the point of view shot of someone falling into. And then also the bed that real Diane wakes up in later. Um, you know, just stuff, stuff like that, that the first time you watch it, you don't even remember that it starts with a point of view shot of someone, you know, collapsing onto a bed because it doesn't seem important at all. <laughs> no, I didn't remember that. No. And yeah. then, so it would, that would be like a thing that like, Probably the second time I watched it, I was like, was that there last time? Um, yeah, I, I had forgotten that. about it until like the the cowboy told her to wake up. And then I was like, oh, wait, I think there was a pillow at the beginning. And then after I finished, I was like, but what was the dancing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's potentially what started her on this whole thing is she won like, you know, the local thing and that the old people are representative of either relatives or just the judges there that she wanted, you know, that she got like the support and the encouragement from the people that she would least want to disappoint or see her in this state at the end of the movie. I don't know. Maybe who knows? So wait, so it wasn't actual tiny old people chasing her in the house. No, those were, those were real actors that were tiny. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they were playing like a, a figurative thing. Yeah, they were playing it figuratively, but the actors, oh. yeah, they can't, they didn't have the technology to yes. superimpose. I assumed that that was real. Like small people had broken into her house <laughs> and were chasing her. It'd be hard to keep them out. I assumed that she was like hallucinating, but. 
There's you don't have a complete air seal like on any of your doors or windows. Really. Ba- based on how weird the rest of the movie was, it was hard to decide if this was like a hallucination or if this was really happening. <laughs> I think a lot of it you can chalk up to a representation of her guilt. I like that the blue key came back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That key stuff's good. That was good. I like that. It's good. See, I I kind of wish I had known like where this movie was going when I was watching it the first time. I, I don't know. Cause like knowing that it was a dream go- looking back, it's like, Oh wait, no. Okay. It's like, it's all kind of confusing. Like a real dream is. And it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, you're in a school and now you're not. And you turn a corner and you know, I've seen this person before and, but they're actually my teacher or, you know, right, it's, yeah. it's all like a weird dream feeling like that. Yeah, you see a person that you know you're not related to, but you understand them to be like your aunt or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And just that's just you just accept that as reality at the time. Yeah, and like that's exactly how the whole thing felt when you look back at it. Yeah, a lot of Lynch's work has some kind of dream logic stuff going on, or especially uh, to use a famous line from Twin Peaks, doppelgangers. Um, and people who look like each other or the same actor playing different parts or maybe a different actor playing a different part that is in essence, the same person um, such as the lead character in lost highway. <laughs> At least I didn't make you watch lost highway. <laughs> I mean, you I can't I, find that highway. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I think if I had realized that it was a dream earlier, I would have enjoyed it more. I just spent so much of the movie so lost that they kind of yeah. lost me, where I was just like, okay, I, I can't follow this. I have no idea what's going on. So, like, I, I was lost at that point with the movie. Yeah. Um, I, by the time that I had enough information to realize that it could be a dream, I was just, like, kind of over it, I think was my problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I... Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of like, I'm glad I wasn't like, here's what you need to know and gave you like, you know, like a printout of 10 David Lynch facts to help you understand the movie. Because <laughs> I don't I don't feel like that would have been a fair and like honest takeaway maybe for you. But um, yeah, maybe it would have been helpful to know. I don't know. I'm not you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it. the movie sounds more interesting as we discuss it, but I'm still like, I was just so lost the whole time. I feel like the more that we're talking about it, the more I dig it. I feel like I like all the parallels between the dream and like the real life. Yeah. The key thing was cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. That was really where everything was just like, I was extra lost was as soon as the blue box opens. I think that's when they switch, right? Oh yeah. Well that's after Mm -hmm. they go to, uh, they go to the nightclub. Club Silencio. The nightclub confused me a lot. I'm still confused by it. (laughs) All right. The nightclub was super confusing, and I think I was just mad at myself when the lady who's singing, like, passes out, and it keeps going, and I was like, I should have known it was recorded. It's (laughs) all a tape. I do kind of like it, though, because I feel like... I (laughs) I was very upset that I didn't realize she was recorded until after she passed out. I feel like at the nightclub, that's when things like really start to not make sense. And I'm kind of like, oh, it's kind of like dreamlike, though. Like, I feel like that's when you start like waking yourself yes. up and things like just really don't make that's, sense. That's anymore. the unraveling of the dream. Yeah. And they're holding each other like, and crying, you know, yeah. having a seizure. And mm-hmm. yeah, they're holding each other and crying because it's all, uh, you know, it's all about death. And 
Um, Rebecca Del Rio is singing a Spanish version of Crying by Roy Orbison, which is all about unrequited love and, you know, that's what's happening. <laughs> that, that scene is so good. I love that scene so much. That scene is, I'm still confused by it. It was real weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly what's happening in there either. It's fine. I don't know who the blue-haired lady is, yeah, for, for yeah, instance. I don't understand that. I don't know who she is. I get some stuff she might represent, but I don't know like who she is. <laughs> um, uh, I also, is that supposed to be her aunt? Is that God? I is just, you know? I googled it like before this. I was like, "Who's the blue haired lady?" And then like Google just told me who played the blue haired lady. I was like, "This is not what I meant." <laughs> like, obviously, that's this actor, you idiot. How did you not notice? Google. She doesn't have blue sassy. hair in real life, you idiot. It's like, this I person. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. Um, yeah, I think that. So to take it from the beginning of that section, we're kind of jumping around, but it's okay. We're on the, the whole. We're on the does. club now. Um, the establishing shot for Club Silencio is my favorite establishing shot in cinema. Maybe I don't know. I haven't made a ranked list or anything, but the the shaky hand cam that like runs across the parking lot and then mm-hmm. like goes up into the, like right into the door, which is a blue door. Mm. Um, blue hair and a blue key and a blue box, a blue box. Anyway. Um, <laughs> then yeah, that, that scene's fantastic. It's so unsettling. Yeah. I, I love the guy. I think he's the magician is how he's built the, the MC of the, the floor show. Um, I love the trumpet guy. He's so proud of himself when he's not playing yeah. the trumpet. It's just so perfect. I don't know. <laughs> Everything was so weird about that scene. <laughs> A recording. Yeah. Just I know. Yelling, no, I banda. <laughs> I know we're just going everywhere. I think the other scene that really just was so weird to me is when Betty goes and auditions for that role. That's the next thing I wanted to talk about. So, um, the act of like getting second chances, doing things over, you see her rehearsing beforehand with Rita and then she gets to actually do it in the room there. Yeah. I I don't know. I have no idea. It was just, I was like, wow, this is like very intense. (laughs) I was like, she's like about to bang this, uh, very, uh, spray tanned man. (laughs) She's a good actress. She was a really good actress. I, yeah. I expected that she was going to be bad. So it's, this is like a context thing, I guess, that sort of can add to it maybe if you're a weirdo who likes thinking about this kind of thing. But this is the first time that Naomi Watts is really being seen by American audiences. This is like, you know, sort of the big springboard for her. And I, I don't know if she, I mean, I, I do know for a fact that she hasn't ever been as good <laughs> in any other movie. But you, most people seeing this for the first time wouldn't have seen her in anything before. And for the first, what's that, maybe like an hour into the movie, wow. she's just doing like the kind of um, sort of Pollyanna, just blonde and happy thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, even at the beginning, not for the whole first hour, but when, especially when they're getting out of the airport and she's talking to the old people, there's like a bad ADR track there where they like dubbed over their voices. So just to add like a little bit of weirdness, it's all the line readings are like kind of flat and weird and it's not quite a hundred percent matching up with the mouth movement. So there's like this artifice and this fakeness happening. And 
So she had really hasn't had much range at all at that point. Um, and then she goes in that audition room and just blows him away. <laughs> and yeah, it is pretty intense. Yeah. And I don't know. It feels like pretty revelatory when, and this is, you know, in Diane's mind, her as an actual like successful actress that people want to work with, I guess. Now, what was the instruction that David Lynch gave her? I need you to act like you're a really good actress. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the thing is it's like, she does that. And then, you know, even when they're just running lines and, and the Laura Herring who plays Rita and then Camilla, uh, brunette Camilla, not blonde Camilla. That's a different person. (laughs) Um, she has to do like the thing where you're a non-actor reading lines, except she's actually an actor. And I just, that must be hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, keep, I guess. Keep acting, but bad now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that audition scene. Yeah. It's, it's, she, she flips a switch. Mm-hmm. Comes a really good, really intense, sultry performance all of a sudden. And they're like, we got to bring you across the way. They get a shot in at Bob. Bob is the person who would be directing the thing that she just auditioned for. But then they leave and the casting director is like, Bob, Bob sucks, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Come to find out later, the Sylvia North story, which is in the dream, what Adam is casting the new girl for. I noticed it's Bob is the director for it in real life. Bob's the one who directed in real life. And there's the implication that in real life, Camilla slept with him to get that role instead of Diane. So they go across the way. Adam's casting that. That that scene's great. I just love that scene. But yeah, in her dream, she's the kind of girl that would walk into a room and would catch the director's eye. Instead, her former lover, Camilla, is the one who did that in real life. Hmm. And I couldn't decide if the Camilla in the dream, well, yeah, in that, and the Diane at that was the waitress, and a couple other people looked very similar to me. Yes. Um, I assumed it was intentional. A but ton of people look like or are Naomi Watts in this movie. I was going <laughs> to say, a couple times I was like, is this Naomi Watts? I was like, I don't think so, but they look like her, kind of. I think that one, the Camilla that auditions, is the one that I was like, I think for a time I was almost sure that was Naomi Watts, but it's not. It's an actress named Melissa George. Um, and she comes back at the dinner party. She's the the other yes. woman that makes out with Camilla. I was oh, wait, confused I, by that because it, it, wait, that it's a her? dinner party. <laughs> yeah, thought, the dinner party seems designed just to fuck with Diane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is was, weird that everyone was on board for doing right. bits about how much Diane sucks. <laughs> yeah, because I was confused that she made out with her there. And I didn't realize that that was Camilla. I thought that was the waitress Diane. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different blonde lady that looks like Naomi Watts just like the prostitute that the hitman talks to yes in the alley behind Winkies is also I did notice they were behind Winkies yeah <laughs> I was waiting to see if we saw the homeless person again uh, not then but but again yeah eventually I um, did notice when we were like in sets that we had already been in I usually could tell right away yes yep there's a lot of repetition yeah for sure but yeah the this is the girl scene it's great I don't know I like I like those audition songs. Yep. And then she runs home and they go right into the kind of terrifying horror section of the movie where they go investigate the apartment complex. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was all so weird too cuz then they're like wandering around the apartment complex but they think there's like gangsters looking for Rita and at this point yes. 
I'm still not sure. I'm still in the boat where I think this is like some kind of mystery where these people are after Rita. So I'm like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? And they go to Diane Selwyn's house and the neighbor is like, no, I switched apartments with her. And I was like, why does that matter? I was like, what is going on here? And then they're like, well, let's just break in through a window. And I was like, wait, why? This is a horrible idea. What good? What, you don't want anything from the house. You were just trying to talk to Diane. Why are you breaking in the window? There's a fun scene earlier when they call Diane Selwyn, when they find her in the phone yes. book. And that's how they find out the address. And Betty says like, oh, it's weird to be, must be weird to be calling yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. That's oh. Naomi Watts calling Diane Selwyn. Yes. Um. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course. They switched apartments. She doesn't really want to talk about it. You kind of find out why later. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't they break it? They want to talk to this lady. Yeah, but she's not home. <laughs> yeah, but they got to know. As soon as they start breaking, I was like, I knew she was going to be dead in that apartment. Yes. Pretty horrific. <laughs> I was also confused, too, because then later when the neighbor comes to see Betty Diane. She says something about like, there's two detectives looking for you. Yep. Which really confused me because the two people who were looking for her earlier were in like the dream were them. And so I was really lost more. Yep. And I was like, cause I was like, did that happen? I was like, but you're not dead yet. I knew as soon as she woke up in that apartment, I was like, Oh, you, you die in the bed. Yeah. That scenes, you know, changes the temperature of stuff. Yes. I think we were suspicious at one point that Rita didn't exist at all. But then we remember that Coco sees her at one point in the apartment. Because I think that's the only person who actually interacts with Rita ever. Yes. Like whoever acknowledges that Rita exists. Yep. So we were thinking that for a little while that she just was not real. Yeah. Yeah. So the um, apartments with this version of Diane Selwyn dead on the bed. Um, that sort of wraps up and then they go home have some sex. I don't know if anything happens in between really. No, I think they, it, that was, that's when I was really, was lost. Uh, Cause <laughs> they didn't seem to be. It's also, I think it's only been like two days. Yes. I was like, you barely know this lady. All you know, is she's having a, a medical emergency. <laughs> <laughs> and now you are like, Hey, you don't have to sleep on the couch, sleep in my bed. And she's like, yeah, I'll do that totally naked. As soon as she did that, I was like, what what is happening right now? She sleeps in the nude. Some people do. <laughs> With a stranger? <laughs> well, they like each other now. They've known each other for like 36 hours. Mm. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What do you want from me? I don't know. It's a thing that happens. It yeah. makes more sense when you think it's it's like her dreams. It's her fantasies, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is, this is the version of Camilla that's like, you know... De- dependent her. and in love with her. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense now, but at the time, I was just like, well, this is so yeah. confusing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause they get home. She's like trying to cut her hair. She's like, stop. I'll cut your hair. Yes. By which I mean, we're going to just like push it all into a wig. And yes. So, and so now they look like each other too. Yep. Um, yeah. And then they have sex. A lot of people, a lot of critics, probably mostly male, um, say that that's the maybe the best sex scene ever. So there you go. <laughs> pretty solid i guess yeah. um, and then yeah because that's when she starts saying silencio 
Yeah, she wakes up in the middle of the night. Yeah, right before that like sex scene is when things started like really unraveling and everything was yes. started getting really confusing. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, there's things were already pretty confusing up until that point. It's after they see the dead body, which is, you know, the two maybe the two sides of Diane's psyche being, you know, so preoccupied with her own death at this point. I guess. Maybe. I think another thing that threw me off and made me didn't like not think that it was a dream was that we keep going to other characters alone. Like we haven't talked about any of the stuff that Adam did. And like Adam does a lot. He's like the next most prominent character, I'd say, besides Diane, Rita, Betty, whatever. Um, and every time he does stuff, he's not with them. You know what I mean? Like, cause he has this whole yeah. scene of him yeah, at yeah, his yeah. house getting dumped by his wife, and he's the one who goes and meets the cowboy and like mm-hmm. I don't know. He was like a, like a very much a real made character. He's got his like receptionist that's or whatever his assistant that's like willing to sleep with him or whatnot. Um, yeah. So that to I think the general consensus though again I mean you know the whole dream thing could be wrong too who knows but if it if that's true then um, in real life Adam's the one that. Camilla maybe blames for taking Rita away from him because they're getting married and stuff. And so most of the dream is just her coming up with ways to punish him and <laughs> just make him have the worst day ever. <laughs> just have a bad day. And really mess with him and take his movie away from him. Um, And then the thing that is sort of like betrays it is that at the end when he's there casting it, she still wants him to notice her, right? So it's just sad. Diane's pretty pathetic. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Because she's had to, you know, be on a set and watching him make out with the person that she's in love with. And yeah. I did like um when he pours all the paint on the jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good scene. Gene, played by Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is I liked the, him. This movie is why Billy Ray Cyrus blames David Lynch for all the weird things that have happened to Miley Cyrus without like a hint of irony or sarcasm. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> That's where it all went wrong. It's like, dude, you're, I don't know. I, I think he's actually really good in this movie. I like him a lot. Yeah. Just forget you ever saw it. Yeah. What, what did he say? You shouldn't treat your wife like that no matter what she done. I don't care what she <laughs> Legitimately <laughs> good line readings. Very funny. It was really funny. That I did like that part. It yeah. was really funny. But yeah, so if you're taking then, it as Diane's dream, it's just like his wife's cheating on him. He's getting beat up. He's getting thrown out of his own house. He's he's losing all his money and he's getting yeah. his movie taken away from him. And she's okay. And that's what she wants to have. And then home, I guess. unrelated to everybody, no one else is in it except for his wife. And Billy Ray yeah, Cyrus. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> that's just funny. Beats them all up. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, th- I mean, that's, there's a lot happening. I, I didn't really so. like that when that guy punches them both. I think David Lynch likes when like a tiny woman is, is doing more advanced fighting moves than you imagine she's able to do. <laughs> and when she kind of like jumps up on his back and she's almost like trying to put him in like a hold or something. Oh, yes. You know what? No, maybe we can look into this further because that's David's wife, right? And he's marrying uh, Camilla. 
right? So she, maybe Camilla's getting punched by a big beefy Italian guy. Yeah, maybe that too. <laughs> and that's also like... And her lover, that other blonde lady. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's really funny. I, I like that it's in the movie. I, I do too. Honestly. It was a funny scene. Yeah. Then they go to Club Silencio, which we talked about earlier because we were just really excited to talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys make of that, ultimately? I was just... That was my ultimate amount of confusion. Well... Um, no, like it wasn't. The next scene was. looking at her so hard that she has a seizure. Yeah, like I was yeah. like, she's having a seizure now. And then she like reaches over to her purse and she has the blue box in her purse at that point, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how the fuck she got this now? And I was like just so lost at this point. I had no idea what was happening. I was too, but I, like I said, at that point, that's the point that she woke up. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's like the whole dream unraveling before she wakes up. And the lady with the blue hair, where is she sitting? Up top or something? I don't remember. Yeah, what do they call that though? The up topper seats. Box <laughs> seats. Oh, okay. She she has her own box. Anyway. Okay. I don't know if that's anything, but those are box seats. I don't know what this means. <laughs> I don't know if it means anything, but there's a box and she's got blue hair. <laughs> that one's that one's a blue box. That one's potentially a misdirect that I thought would be fun to throw into the mix. <laughs> Uh, but maybe it's not. Maybe it matters that she's blue haired in a box. I don't know. So they get the blue box because they've done the uh, the fetch quest that Rita dreamed up while she was sleeping. Yeah. And so they're given the magical blue box. They go back home and they get the key and Betty disappears before Rita opens it. And then Rita opens it and then everyone disappears and the box disappears. And then you see the aunt. You see Betty's aunt. And then you don't anymore. Yeah, yeah, that that threw me off too. Betty's aunt's here now. And, and then the cowboy tells her to wake up. Yeah. What, what didn't you get about that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's also clear now. Uh, yeah. It's like, I'm just trying to help you, but it seems pretty straightforward. To be. So she wakes up, gets out of bed. You see that she's in the same bed as the person who was falling asleep at the beginning, the same bed as the dead body. Um, and... She goes out to the living room and the neighbor that she switched that dream version switched apartments with that seems to be probably an ex or just an ex roommate that they have a lot of emotional ties to. (laughs) So probably more like an ex. Um, She's takes her stuff. She takes the ashtray and that's when, you know, Diane's looking intently at the blue key and that's, she like goes over to the counter then she thinks she sees Rita or whatever. Anyway, you're supposed to like follow the ashtray and the coffee cup and the robe because that's all the chronology of what happens. Because first, the other person takes the ashtray away. But then when she's there with actual Camilla and they're having sex on the couch, you see the ashtray still there. So you know that that's a flashback that she's like thinking about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway. How did I miss that? Right. <laughs> well, it's like a, it's like an orca ashtray. So, you know, you should have been like, oh, cool ashtray. <laughs> it's too bad that person took it. And then it changes scene. You're like, wait a minute. It's back again. <laughs> I guess that's what you were supposed to do. <laughs> I missed it. Yeah. So, yes, this is, this is the sad, messed up version of, of Diane that is having this awkward conversation with the person who wants their lamp back. And... Then it's back in time. Camilla tells her they can't do this anymore. She freaks out about it. 
-hmm. just like has a really sad masturbation session. (laughs) I forgot about the sad (laughs) masturbation session. That was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. If you were confused at that point, that can't have helped. No. (laughs) It did not help. (laughs) Especially too, because it just shows her sitting like staring up at the ceiling. And I was like, what is she doing? I was like, is she like about to kill herself? And then it starts to zoom out. And I'm like, nope, not killing herself. (laughs) Sad (laughs) masturbation session. Just sad masturbation session. Um, Yeah. And then she gets the call. And the phone that rings that she picks up is uh, that phone under a red lampshade from earlier in the movie. Yeah. Missed that. And when she picks it up, it's the call from Camilla inviting her to the party, which is, in her mind, maybe the inciting incident for all the stuff that has ruined her life. Or not. Who knows? (laughs) But that's the second time you see that same red lampshade. (laughs) Yeah, I had remembered it, but I couldn't remember from when. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, I've seen this before. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we missed, you know, the important things that Adam talks to the cowboy about, which is sort of relevant at this point because he tells him a bunch of really cool stuff and it's a non-professional actor that plays the cowboy. But anyway, he tells him that um, if you, you'll see me one more time if you do good, you'll see me two more times if you do bad. And we see him one more time when he says, you know, hey, pretty girl, time to wake up. Do we see him another time? Do you guys remember? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, was like, what? we did bad. <laughs> I was watching for him as soon as he said that because I was like, yeah. oh, he's not going to, he's going to be like in the background or some shit. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was at the party that Camilla calls to invite her to and they drive onto Mulholland Drive. They get to 6980, I think, is the address. Camilla pops up and it's the car stops at the same place that it did in the beginning of the movie for Camilla slash Rita. You guys know what happened. I don't have to tell you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, that party's really awkward. Yeah. So what, what did you think when Ann Miller, who plays Coco, comes up and is like, call me Coco. I'm this person's mom, I guess. I was like just more confused. He's like, God damn it, not again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and then it's just sort of like a greatest hits of all the other people that we've seen in smaller parts in the movie. Yeah. Like you see Angelo Battlementi, who um IRL Diane spots across the party and gives her like a kind of like a half nod of acknowledgement. Um, and yeah, just all these weirdos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thoroughly, thoroughly confused at this point. Yeah. I was like, I got no idea what's happening anymore. When I saw the cowboy walk by, like past the, in the, in the background there, yeah. I felt like I was like Leo pointing at the screen. I was like, Oh, there it's is. him. <laughs> there he is. Yep. Cause we did bad. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this whole party is just seemingly designed at most 50% to be an engagement announcement and at least 50% just to be fucking with Diane. <laughs> yeah. Really mean. These people yeah. don't don't like Diane at all, I guess. No. She should know that. She should not have accepted this invitation. No, she shouldn't have gone. Yeah. Kind of seems gone. like she sucks, though. It does kind of seem like she sucks. Hiring a hitman is a shitty move. That is a shitty move. She does regret it. She does, yeah. But, you know, deed was done at that point. She had the blue key already. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it must have been awkward for those people sitting next to her that are trying to make small talk, and she's just, like, sobbing and just staring really intensely at other people. Yes. <laughs> it's just rude dinner guest behavior. 
I still really don't understand why that other blonde girl came up and just started making out with her at like this engagement party. Because uh, it looks like she comes over and like leans into Camilla and she's like, let's fuck with Diane. And then they make up. Because <laughs> she like whispers something to her and then like smiles like mischievously and looks at Diane. And then they kiss. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I mean, that, that can be the only explanation, right? To a man. <laughs> yeah, I Who think is sitting right there and is just fine with this. It's Hollywood. <laughs> it's showbiz. <laughs> it's showbiz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, the and then she's at, theme. At the, the diner, right? Paying the hitman. Paying the hitman. Sitting at the booth that we saw Dan and Herb at earlier. Mm-hmm. She's sitting not in Dan's seat, though. The other one, that's how she looks up and sees Dan at the counter. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, I'll get you this blue key when it's done. He gives her a bag full of money. <laughs> that's a really cool thing for a hitman to do. Blue key. Yeah, it's good. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I like it. He had to break into her house, though. So there's some debate. Did he break into her house and leave it there? And that's why she's like staring like, whoa, at it. Either that, that he breaks in and does it there, or that he's like leaving it at the dumpster behind Winkies or something. And so when Dan earlier saw the horrific person who just needs a job, um, (laughs) that was because... She had to go find the key by the dumpster. And so it was her like walking up to the edge of that corner and like feeling like the tension ratcheting up and like having to confront this horrible thing that she's done. Um, Or not. I don't know. Hmm. But I'm yeah. just saying that's some. He didn't say he was leaving at the dumpster. So I imagine he broke into her house. That's always what I've thought. But this is just other. This is what other people think too, and I don't want those sense. people to not feel represented on this podcast. Yeah, well, I keep getting hung up, and I feel like I shouldn't be hung up on this. But Dan said something about how he had the dream twice, that the same dream twice. So I'm like, oh well, did they go to the the diner twice? And I think we only really see it I like that. once. You know, her yeah. there once. So I don't know. Yeah, you keep you kept saying you think the other girl is an an ex partner. Why do you think that? I'm I, I was just really, the vibes. Just vibes. Okay. I still don't understand why you switch apartments with somebody. I think they moved in together and but then why would you not go out. to your original one? Uh it seems like Diane really so fucked like, this one up. You you move in with me, Ben. We break up and I move to your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you stay here. Well, I don't know. The the one that said that she, they had switched apartments was in the dream, so that could have just been nonsense. I, I suppose it could just not be real, or that wasn't a dream, and that person's weird. Could just be a weirdo. Maybe she was. Maybe she, maybe you're right. Maybe she was just an ex, and in the dream, like the reason that she still had her stuff is because they switched apartments. Yeah. Like, you know, there wasn't anything bad that happened. They had just switched apartments, and she left some of her stuff there. Right. Yeah. It's you it's know? like a less painful way. That she might still have stuff yeah. there. <laughs> Doesn't make much sense, but it's an explanation, I guess. Yeah. I've been there too, you know, trying to make sure I don't forget my Orca ashtray. <laughs> Can't part with this. Cannot part with that. Okay, and then the tiny grandparents come and kill her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, right? She orders the hit. She goes home, gets attacked by tiny grandparents. <laughs> yeah. That's it, right? <gasps> Yeah. Yeah. I think it like it, it gives you a little finer point of her looking at the blue key again to let you know like 
Yes. And uh, yeah, it's just ratcheting up. It's like really zoomed in on her eyes and there's lightning and she's just, you know, completely bereft, I guess, at this point. And she sees those people, the ones that she would least ever want to see her in this state, the ones that she would never want to disappoint. And they're there and they're tormenting her. And she she takes the only out that she thinks she has left. And then there's a little bit of a montage. And then we get credits. Oh, and the blue haired lady. What did she say? Silencio? Silencio, yeah. What do you mean, what did she say? It's her only line. Give her some give her some respect <laughs> on whatever her name is. Um, oh, name? I can tell you who it is. <laughs> right. So the, the montage, you see the... the bu- I keep saying bum because they're crediting the movie as bum. I'm not calling them a bum. <laughs> I'm not trying to pass any judgment on... You know, I'm sure they've had some bad breaks in life, um, but it 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 switches over to them. They have the box. They're playing with the box. They can't figure out the Rubik's cube. They put it in a trash bag. Or, I forgot about that. Yeah, and they like drop it. They drop it, and the the old people crawl like climb out of it, and they're like, "Let's let's go." <laughs> yes. So he yeah he casts Silent Assassin, and um, they they head out from there. Then after. Diane shoots herself. There's the smoke that comes up from the bed and the smoke sort of like blends into the background and you see the bum again and they're kind of just like chilling out in that uh, Winky's alley. And then the bum's face sort of like mixes with Naomi Watts's face. And you're like, oh, that was also a part of her. Um, <laughs> and then we head back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what Greg was thinking at this point. Um <laughs> Just another aspect of her psyche and um, yeah, her, her self guilt and self loathing. And then you see the self guilt isn't a word. I'm sorry. Just guilt. It'd be redundant. Um, uh, yeah. And then the blue haired lady says, silencio credits. Mm-hmm. What's well, not to get. Yeah. And then that's right after that is when me and Ray both stood up and like gave an applause. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we were at home on the couch. So Silencio, the last famously words that Hamlet says to Horatio, the rest is silence. Um, Silencio, that's what you'd say if you were trying to get someone to quiet down before a show's about to start. Maybe the curtain's about to open on a new experience that we're all leaving the theater and go back to our real lives. Um, I don't know. Could mean a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Did that do anything for you? Or were you just like really out at that point? Oh, I was so I was checked out. So, how did you feel when the credits started after that? Were you just like, okay, I guess. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, if I hurry, I can get a good amount of sleep still. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I enjoyed it, Ben. Thank you. Talking about it, like, if I had this information going into another watch, I think I could enjoy it a lot, lot more. As an optimistic person. Uh, my sincere hope is that our friends just listen to this podcast and they go, that sounds fun and throw it on. Then more people will have seen it. Have I, had I listened to this conversation, I think I would have been more apt to be like, oh, wow, this movie could sounds cool. Let's give it a little time. We'll watch it again. I wouldn't watch it like tonight. No, you can give it some time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to be able to fully forgive the movie though. Even though I watched it again, I liked it a lot because I don't know. I feel like, it's the movie's job to make sure that I, I can not be totally lost on a, a, a watch of it. You know what I mean? Well, you did have some emotional jury, though. 
you're supposed to just be experiencing it. So you had an experience. Yeah, it was not a good one. Well, you had one, though. She didn't have a good one either. It's true. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a, still here. A root canal is an experience. <laughs> you got one up on Diane, at least. <laughs> Man, now that we've been talking about like how that... The, the bum is just like a homeless person. It makes me really upset because Dan was like, oh man, it was the most monstrous, horrific face I've ever seen and I never want to see like them again. God awful. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, this was just a homeless person. That's, they were a dirty homeless person. Not, yeah. I, I do cool, like Dan. the kind of like, maybe undercuttings overstating it, but how, yeah, the first time you see it, it is a jump scare. Yet, oh my God, De- I'm dehumanizing the bum again. <laughs> Why um, you keep calling him a bum? <laughs> It's their name. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Mr. Bum is just... <laughs> Isn't it Miss Bum? Out, I thought you said yeah, it was a woman. It's, it's She's just out back, man. She's just chilling. <laughs> just chilling. But the next two times, the only other two times you see her in the movie, she's just like, this is where I live. Like, yeah, I don't have a shower. Sorry. Yeah. I live near this <laughs> dumpster. Think, they throw food in. I don't think dying was an appropriate reaction. <laughs> I'm just a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan's kind of a dick. <laughs> on a scale of 0. 0.5 to 5 on any scale you're choosing <laughs> to later be added to our illustrious letterboxed page, what would you give David Lynch's Mulholland Drive? I feel really bad about this. <laughs> so the lowest score ever given, I think Kyle gave Nightmare on Elm Street a one star. I wasn't going to give it that low. I, I always feel bad giving movies low scores as if the movie's going to find out and be sad about it. Yep. Um, and will. after talking about the movie, it does sound a lot better than the experience I had. So now I'm like, do I go off of how I feel now or like my experience watching it? I'm going to go off my experience watching it, even though I do have a much better taste for this movie after talking about it. But I'm going to give it two out of five tiny grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there's a pair of them they can keep each other yeah. company <laughs> I was thinking I'm very sorry I think I'd like it a lot 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 more if I went back and rewatched this movie yeah that's good to know yeah um I think it's for me it's a maybe a 3.5 3.5 orca ashtrays this is gonna be I think the just like doing back of the napkin math ab third or fourth lowest reviewed one we'll have on our letterbox. Oh no. Uh, and this is my favorite movie that we've done on the podcast. I'm so sorry, Ben. Uh, it's five. You left some good ones on the table, you know, for a scale here. There's a lot of objects in this movie. There's a lot of objects. That's the problem. What's the funniest option? I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had thought about it more, but I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah. Orca is pretty good. Um, the other thing is too it's a 3.5 now but I feel like if I watched it again I might have liked it more uh, the more I'm talking about it the more I'm liking it so. I'm in the same boat right yeah. I think I'm gonna give it a I liked f- it more than you but <laughs> 5 out of 5 extra seats in the buggy that I'm driving that if you fix your attitude you can ride along with me in. <laughs> 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 okay that's a really good one <laughs> yeah I like that one <laughs> so you guys and three others, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie's perfect. We all agree. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Oscars. You heard of these things? They give them every year. <laughs> At different times now. Yeah, different times. It's a moving target these days. Um, I guess I can announce here that in March, we'll be doing 
as opposed to last year where we just did best picture winners from the past, uh, we'll be doing best picture nominees from this year. I can't tell you which movies yet because the nominations aren't out for another, as this episode's released, 27 hours. Um, (laughs) One day. If you listen to it at 5 a.m., I think they might actually even be 7 a.m. the next day. So 26 hours after this episode's released. Um, That's how time works, right? Well, this hour it's going to take about an hour to get to this part of the episode. So 25 hours. Oh, you're totally right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Um, Unless they skipped ahead. They wouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I'll put a timestamp here. The math for a thing works out if you start listening at this point. No other context. You just can listen there if you want. Um, (laughs) So I'll describe a movie to you and you can tell me what it is or you can just or I can just tell you a movie and we can decide whether or not it sounds like it's going to win. It doesn't have to be a game, but just to if we wanted some kind of gameplay aspect to it. Golden Globes already happens. Mm-hmm. Safe to say a lot of those nominees are probably going to have some overlap. And then the PGA nominees just were released in the last three years. Only four Best Picture nominees were not nominated for a PGA, but got an Oscar nomination. Or it's the other way around. It's either in the last three years, only four, or in the last four years, only three have had that happen. Mm. So bad news for the ones that didn't get in, I guess. Um and to make this like fun all around, I'm not going to look up any plot descriptions. I'm just going to look at some names and, be, and tell you what I think I know about these movies. <laughs> and we'll decide together whether or not these sound any good. All right. There's a few sequels in here, actually. Of the 10 PJ nominees, four of them are sequels. That's interesting. Uh, in this sequel to a 2009 Best Picture nominee... Um, there's some blue people. <laughs> <laughs> the Blue Man Group movie? <laughs> yeah. So Avatar Way of Water. It seems like it's got a lot of momentum. What, what, what do we think? I think it's getting a Best Picture nominee. Yeah. I think it's going to get Best Picture, and I'm thinking it's going to sweep a shitload of technical categories. At least yeah. for it's going to get all the technical nominees. I'll be shocked if it doesn't. Uh, next one. On a small island... There's uh, some friends. They stop hanging out. Um, There's a drama, but it has some comedy aspects. It was in the comedy or musical category at the Golden Globes, for instance. I know what it is. At the SAG Awards, it's one of two movies that has five nominations, um, which is, I think, the most you can get, um, although they doubled up in each of the whatever. We'll get to that. What do you think it is? To Banshees of Inisherin. It is indeed Banshees of Inisherin. I fucking love this movie. I'm really excited for you guys I'm to watch it. Really excited. I don't. I knew it because for some reason I thought it's something to do with an island. Yes. I assumed this movie was sad, um, but it did win a best comedy award. So now I'm confused. But I know the Golden <laughs> it's Globes. It's funnier are than a joke. The Martian. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. Uh, uh, yes. Which also won the Golden Globe for best musical or comedy. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, I'm excited for this one. This one, it's got Colin Farrell in it, right? Um, Colin Farrell is a really strong contender and best actor. Mm-hmm. He's the best actor in a comedy, according to the Golden Globes. <laughs> uh, Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan are both in supporting actor contention. Uh, Carrie Condon in supporting actress. And the movie overall, really strong. 
I'm probably th- going to win screenplay too. We'll see. This is one I'm really <laughs> excited for. I'm yeah. really pumped to watch this one. It is maybe not the front runner, but very close to the top of most people's power rankings. I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, Just vibes. <laughs> I honestly don't know anything about it. I've been trying to like not hear too much about it. Yeah, fair enough. This next one's another sequel. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Seemed sad. I think I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Black Panther? Yeah, Wakanda Forever. Um, that, uh, I haven't seen it Do people yet. really think that's going to get a nomination? It got a PGA nomination. Oh, wow. I heard it was bad. In the last few years, it's rare for like any movies to drop out. But a lot of people are thinking that if one does this year, it might be Wakanda Forever. <laughs> yeah, I heard it wasn't good. And... I think I mentioned it to you. I don't, it didn't look good. And I felt bad because I was like, they just don't have a lot to work with. You know what I mean? It sucks. It just was, yeah, the stinks that they lost, uh, fucking Chadwick Bosman. Yeah. I, I think we've talked about it on the pod before, but I'm pretty much all the way out on the MCU. So I, yeah. even though I'm I, really close, mm-hmm. even though I really like Ryan Coogler. And I did want to see this. It just kind of like timing wise, I guess it just didn't work out. I just didn't go see it. And not to sound too down on it, but it it didn't look like a fun time. No. And I don't know what people want out of comic book movies anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much out on the MCU. So yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Up next, a star making turn for a best actor, potential front runner, either one or two in the race. In this biopic set over the course of several years in America, uh, the lead actor in it has not stopped talking like the character that he's playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Elvis. Elvis. Right. Elvis. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I just saw a headline about that today. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a thing. It's weird. Since Robbie's not here, um, I'll I'll do it for him. I still can't believe Tom Hanks is playing Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> That's another guy that just like still talking like his character from Elvis. <laughs> like, hey, we can tell you Hanks. And he's like, wow, Tom, he just stays in character, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, Austin Butler, I think is from like California, but he has a Mississippi drawl now. So <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> I remember you telling us that you hope we would have to see this one, I think. Well, yeah, my first reaction, because it wasn't like uh, November, December Oscars play. It came out a while ago. I think it yeah. came out in the summer. Uh, it made a bunch of money. Austin Butler is legit like A-lister now. And uh, he, he comes from, I don't know, like one of them Drake and Josh or Kitty shows, right? I think. I don't know. Uh, but he's he's legit, you know, A-lister now. Um, and... Yeah, this has a ton of momentum. I didn't think it would at the time. So my reaction coming out was, I really hope this just finds a way to get into Best Picture. Because it's going to be so funny to watch everyone. I'll watch it again, and and I hope everyone really enjoys it in our group that watches all the Best Picture nominees. All I can picture It's definitely getting in. And if we have to do this movie at some point, you have to put a poster up. You know how, like, later on, when posters come out, sometimes they'll have, like, a little blurb from, like, a critic? I just picked this one now with the blurb. Um, wow, someone must have really hated this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that you told me that one, right? 
Yeah, that's what my mom Your said. Mom yes. said that. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the like, critic blurb I want on the poster. Just specifically, Boz Lerman really <laughs> hated Colonel Tom Barker, <laughs> a man who does not sound like how Tom Hanks makes him sound, <laughs> like a raving lunatic with a crazy accent. Um, but was like a legit not good dude, uh, who uh, really messed up Elvis in a bad way, and uh, yeah. So the movie itself is. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that it was good, but <laughs> I really liked it. That's it's another good like, critic uh, quote to put on there. I, I wouldn't call it good. Next one, a movie that a bunch of our friends have seen already. Um, I don't think you guys have yet. It's got, I think it's going to win oh, yeah. Best Supporting Actor. I definitely noticed. Maybe get into screenplay. Maybe it's right near the top of Best Picture. We'll see. It has two directors. I really want to see it. Go for what it. Catholicism be without the two popes. Yeah. <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. Uh, everything everywhere all at once. That's right. Um, yeah. This movie is really fun. Yeah. I really want to see this movie. I've been like, since you guys went to see it and I, I almost went with you guys, I missed it. Yeah. And I just haven't found an opportunity to watch it. And uh, yeah. now I'll put it off for a little bit because it's probably going to be a best picture nominee. So yeah, you guys have talked it up. So I am excited about it. Yeah. It's like a big movie that's got a lot of ideas and a lot of stuff going on. Um, and it also came out a while ago. So there's already been like several waves of backlash and backlashes to the backlash. But um, <laughs> it's always the, the advice from this podcast is forget the noise. If you like the movie, then you like it, whatever. Um, and I liked this movie a lot. I remember you liking it a lot. Yeah. I think I remember you saying like something about how it would be cool if it could get into like some Oscar buzz, but it probably wouldn't happen because it came out way early in the year. It came out way in the, early in the year. It's a movie from you know, not first time directors, but guys that are not Oscar-y so far in their career. The Dan Daniels being uh, Daniel Shiner, Daniel Kwan starring Michelle Yeoh, which helps. She's a person who's been around Hollywood for decades and has been really good for a long time. And this is, I think her first starring role um, in Hollywood, at least um, she's awesome. in it. she kills it. I, We'll be excited to hear what you think of it because it is definitely going to be in. Sweet. Uh, the movie that was my number one of the year by uh, by an old master director uh, about his childhood, oh. vaguely. Fablemans. Yeah. The Fablemans. I really want to see this, actually. Fablemans is so good. Um, doesn't have much at all to do with like the magic of Hollywood. Some magic of movies and cinema stuff. Sure, it is Spielberg after all. But yeah, a lot weirder and I don't know. People use subversive around Spielberg a lot, so I don't really want to say subversive, but a lot weirder than I think most people give her credit for. Hmm. In a good way. It's funny because there's a lot of movies that look like they're going to make it that I was like, oh, I really wanted to see this anyway. Yeah. Which is unusual. I feel like that's not usually the case. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, something of a surprise in the PGA nominees. This is another sequel that was in theaters for a week and then nowhere for a month and then on Netflix. I know what this is. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah. Glass yeah. Onion. Yeah. Glass Onion. Really? Knives Out Mystery. Yes. Wow. So that's in there. I've heard that this was getting a little bit of buzz Producers now. like it a lot. You know what's funny, Ben? My coworkers uh, were just talking about how good this movie was and asked if I had seen it or Knives Out. And I was like, oh, no. And I, th I've been meaning to watch both of them and I just haven't found time. Um, and in that same conversation, they mentioned that they really liked everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. 
And then I noticed that they had like a movie list of like movies that they're like, you got to see this movie. And their number one movie on that list was um, RRR. I love RRR. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Ben would, would love, love this. I love RRR. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Off topic, but. I'd say yeah. that's pretty on topic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I interrupt our glass onion. I think I have come around to the prevailing, you know, consensus that Knives Out is better, but I still thought Glass Onion was a lot of fun. Well, people say Knives Out was like fantastic, so. Yeah. It's not really a shame if it's better. No, not at all. And I still think this is good. The next one rhymes with RRR and has the oh. probably runaway front runner for Best Actress. It's Tar. Oh. <laughs> tar, Tar, Tar. Tar, Tar, Tar. Uh, yes, our good friend Lydia Tar in her um, autobiographical film, <laughs> Tar. Um, this is one that I really am. I don't want to say like it's not one of the ones where like I feel like some years there'll be one where I'm like oh, I do not want to watch that. It's not that level, but it's just not one that I have any interest for. Thoughts? Um. Yeah, I feel kind of in that same boat, but well, it's I, not I'm bad. Hope, I'm thinking I'll I'll be. I'll, like once I start watching it, again. I feel like usually there's quite a few every year where I'm like, oh, I'm not like interested in this, and then they end up being great. It, as long as it's not one of the ones where I'm like, I am just dreading watching it. I do try not to form opinions of them before I, I start watching them because I like to just kind of go in blind, you know. That's how I am. But this year I happen to just know most of them, like yeah. and yeah. positively. Yeah, yeah. That's why I figured this format is probably fine because you're familiar with all of these. I'm pretty positive. Um, yeah, I. Th- won't be surprised when it's all said and done if this is my favorite movie of the year. So mm-hmm. you you will have strong opinions on Tar, no doubt. <laughs> oh, I'm still upset it's not a dinosaur movie. No, just about the array of tar pits. Yeah, it could be a really bad like sci-fi cheesy horror movie where like the dinosaurs come out of the tar pits. Yeah, but they're like bones and they like attack people. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is our three-year-old poorly saying Char, which is her cousin's name. Oh, yeah. So that's all I can think of. <gasps> the next one on the PGA list. And then we'll throw in some extra ones at the end, too, that I think have some chances. Because I don't... It'll be weird if this is the 10, honestly, for Oscars, because there's some in here that were surprises. Um, this one is another sequel. I believe it's I it is. like almost 30-something years in between. Lock it in. 40 something years in between 40 years in between almost yeah yeah go for it it's top gun maverick it is top gun maverick as soon as you said those four sequels i knew it was avatar and top gun and then we went over the other two yep (laughs) fair enough wait it was wakanda forever what was the other one uh glass Glass onion oh glass onion yeah yep um you guys haven't seen top gun maverick yet nope i never saw top gun actually you don't really need to. They I'm cover. They cover it. I figured. There's like a montage. <clears throat> I want to say. It's so far between the two. I was like, "There's no way they're gonna make a sequel where you need to see the first one." I'm excited for you guys to take the highway to the danger zone. Um, this movie rocks. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm actually. I'm not excited for this one. This isn't my type of movie. It's okay. It, it isn't mine either. But it, because it saved the movie theaters, I'm actually like kind of like, "Oh, this." I think. Yeah. This so could did be fun. the Minions movie. And I would yeah. happily watch the Minions movie. <laughs> Yo, Top Gun Maverick rocks. It's good. I don't know what else to say. Everyone like, just says it's so good. I mean, it's not go, my type of movie. You but. like it when the planes go zoom? Because they do that a lot in this one. 
<laughs> this one has him going zoom all the time. <laughs> and then the last one is a movie I don't want to see. <laughs> and I hope it doesn't get into best picture. Because a lot of people whose opinions I generally agree with don't like it, but I don't want to put too much of, you know, a hex on this one um, since I haven't seen it myself. So I'll say this one was an early contender for best actor and it wasn't seemingly going to get into much else, but now it's here. Maybe it's got some buzz. Uh, very COVID-y movie apparently takes place mostly just in this one guy's apartment. Oh, it's the new one from Darren Aronofsky, who made Black Swan, I think. Mm. Oh, I know what it is. I don't know. Mother was a little Oh, I don't know movie. what it is. You know what it is? Yeah, The Whale, right? The Whale. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, Brendan Fraser, wonderful guy. Apparently, he's great in it. Hmm. He, he is going to get nominated for Best Actor, seemingly. We'll see. I, w- I would like to see this, because I, I I feel like I'm I'm rooting for him. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's our, that's our 10 PGA nominees. Let's throw in some bonuses. Uh, this is a movie I like a lot. It opens with a elephant just like really just shitting on a guy for like thirty full seconds. What? Uh, <laughs> Do other people like this movie? Yeah, everyone loves this movie. Um, Do they? Yep. Oh, is it RRR? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, there, there's an elephant shitting on a guy. Next scene, there's a lady peeing on a guy, and you're like, Oscar favorite. <laughs> Wait, do other people actually like it? Yeah, a lot of people, huh. many people are saying that this is one of the best movies of the year. I don't think I'm shitting on a guy. <laughs> oh, this has to be Jackass. Oh. It's not Jackass. Oh, what? what? There was no Jackass movie this year. Uh, it's it's the, the year before. It's um, this director's last two were the fir- first man, and then before that was La La Land. I have no idea what this is. Babylon. Oh, I th- I was gonna guess Babylon, but you said all the people like it. <laughs> That's what Babylon starts All the people with? I follow: five stars, four stars, three oh, stars. All the people you follow. All my people, my people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Had you said nobody else liked it, I would be like, it's Babylon. <laughs> I don't know what Babylon is about at all. I saw it in theater. I just told you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You did, I guess. Uh, I not- just know it has a lot of famous people in it. And it costs a lot of money, and it's doing really bad. It is. It did get into an ensemble at the SAG Awards, not in the PGA Awards. That's real bad news for Babylon. I really want you guys to see it because there's so many things we have to talk about. I That is a do not want to watch one. It's so good. It's as long as wave water. <gasps> oh, my God. It is, I think, three hours and eight minutes long. That is not worth my time. It's not even the weirdest, you know, it gets grosser, too. Uh, <gasps> I don't want to see this. This is do not want to watch movie. It'd be so good for our weird scene nominations, though. I'll give you a lot of options. <laughs> um, this movie was partially shot in IMAX. Follow up to, uh, I think this is this the filmmaker's third movie. Um, this first one did win a screenplay Oscar. Is oh, I know what is this it, is. Is it Nope? It's Nope. It's Nope. Mm-hmm. Yo, nope rocks. I guess it's not going to be getting too many Oscars, but that's okay. The the real ones, no. Um, we'll still have to see it if it doesn't get nominated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a strong contender in Best International um, with a really well-known director. So it's probably in the last few years, those kind of movies have typically gotten that director into Best Director 
and sometimes the movie into best picture. Um, that's happening increasingly these these last few years. So I wonder if it'll happen with this again. It's from South Korea. I don't think you guys know it. So I'm not going to make you guess. It's called Decision to Leave. Park Chan-wook. Movie fucking rocks. Hmm. You guys should check it out. It's a movie. Movie. And, uh, How much do you pay per month for streaming services? Oh, that one's free. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not letting it switch into card. This was it came out on movie, so I get I started like a free trial for I think a month or something. Oh, okay. This is just I'm at capacity. Yeah. It's one out, one in. I got and I can't lose Paramount Plus. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's what Top Gun Maverick's on. <laughs> I watch it every day. I watch it every day. <laughs> they go zoom. Uh let's do one more. Uh, this one, you guessed for something before. I think it is a Tollywood film. Mm. Um, it's three letters. <laughs> Does it rhyme with tar, tar, tar? It rhymes with tar, tar, tar. It's R-R-R-S-S Rajmuli. Him and the two stars were at the uh, Ram Sharan and Junior NTR. We're at the Golden Globes looking spiffy. They won best song for Natu Natu. Um the absolute dream is that to get nominated for a bunch of stuff because it's a cool movie. Um, and then for it to get nominated for best song and then also it'd be a year where they actually perform the songs. That song rocks. Hmm. Mm. So we'll see. A lot of famous people are eligible for a best song Oscar this year, but hopefully they go with those guys who do some dancing with their suspenders. And then they do... Cool I mean, dance. it'll probably get into Best International, right? Probably. I don't know. It's it's an action movie, so the Academy's weird about genre, but it's also like a legitimate international phenomenon that like plays to huge crowds that like treat it like a midnight screening of Rocky Horror and New York and L.A. and they're throwing stuff at the screens and everyone's like dancing in the aisles and shit. So I don't know. It's like a cool the the kind of cool thing you think you want to highlight. Yeah, it's very nationalistic, but like. Who are we just talking about Top Gun Maverick to complain about an action movie from a country being nationalistic? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's about it. I, I am know. excited for these Oscars. Mm-hmm. Very, very excited. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I Like I said, I just hope they don't apologize for being movies again this year because that was a weird vibe last year. I really hope someone smacks somebody. That too. There's going to be a lot of jokes about that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they'll make a joke about how he's not there. I don't know. Uh, well, you can find us on, yeah, this, this is the end of the podcast in case that wasn't there. Uh, you can find us on, um, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts. I almost said Stitcher premium. Cause I've been listening to other podcasts that are on Stitcher premium. We're not. <laughs> we gotta get on there. I think it just makes it commercial free, but we don't have commercials. So oh. that wouldn't really help. Uh, this is, yeah, you've already paid for the premium version of this podcast in the sense that we don't have any commercials so you're welcome um pot beans you can find us on instagram at late to the movies underscore podcast that's the number two same with the gmail late to the movies at gmail.com that's how you get in touch with noah he is single i think um you can just you know watch some movies you know i don't know i forget what else i say so watch some movies maybe that's our outro now the movies <laughs> thanks for being on ray and greg thanks thanks silencio <laughs>